This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. <laughs> this is Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle coming to you live from the seaport. Brought to you by Chase. I have a regular sweatshirt, no hoodie today, no members only, no sweater, no button down. We yeah, I, I appreciate that. I'm cool with this look, but when you changed it up with the Zubin look yesterday, <laughs> the V-neck sweater with the collar shirt popping out, it just wasn't you. It made things more awkward than they usually are with you, and that's saying a lot. Mm, oh, wonderful. Yeah, it was big principal <laughs> energy. Yeah. Mm, all right. Okay, well, uh, good morning, everybody. Uh, so <laughs> I, I was thinking about something. Have the Kansas City Chiefs in many ways altered our mindset towards the, the terminology contender? What do we mean? So the Kansas City Chiefs all year were written off by the person sitting to my left. Ah, oh, here we go. Well, did you not write I, them I off did, all year? I did, and I paid the price. Right, literally $87 literally, in our bad take no. jar. Yeah. Literally, emotionally, <laughs> I, paid, I paid the price. Okay, so in some ways, it kind of diminished retroactively the regular season. Right? It's like, ah, oh, whatever. They're the Kansas City Chiefs. Who cares if they're good during the regular season or not? Because look what they did in the postseason. Does the regular season matter if you're a contender? Like, if we deem you a contender, for example, let's use America's team, the Dallas Cowboys. They think they're contenders, right, for next year. If they go 10-7, and seven, does it matter? Or does it only matter what you do in the postseason? You can apply this to all sports. You're Los Angeles Lakers, CeCe. Does it really matter what they do in the regular season if they get in the playoffs and then make a run? Like, Does anyone remember what the Lakers did last year in the regular season? We remember they got to the Western Conference Finals. They didn't win, yep. but we remember they got there. So the terminology contender and what the Chiefs did to the regular season in sports, have we eliminated caring about regular seasons if you graduate out as a contender? I think, by and large, you're on to something. I think you can go ahead and eliminate the regular season. But there are still some teams that you look at and you say, what the regular season you know, evolves into matters in terms of how we want to project them, right? You can look at upstarts like the Minnesota Timberwolves or the Oklahoma City Thunder. Yeah. Like, those are the two teams at the top of the Western Conference standings. And because of their roster composition, because they're so young, we want to see how they handle being the hunted once we get post-All-Star break into the second half of the regular season. So, yeah, the regular season matters for them. When it comes to the L.A. Clippers, regular season don't matter. Beyond Kawhi Leonard being healthy enough to play in 48 games, the regular season don't matter. You know what I mean? Like, it's just we want to see what they are, if they can be healthy in the postseason. L.A. Lakers, same thing. Boston Celtics, same thing. Right. You know, we want to see what you are once you get to the playoffs. In the NFL, the Dallas Cowboys, what their regular season is, clearly doesn't matter, right? They've had three straight seasons where they've had 12 wins, and yet they get bounced in the early rounds of the postseason. And they've told us that it's championship or bust. Now, conversely, you have a team like the Detroit Lions who got to the conference championship game this year. But what their regular season looks like next year matters because we want to know if it's a one-off or it's a fluke. So I think for the most part, if you're a true contender, your regular season doesn't matter. But I think you can find the one-offs, the outliers, where you do want to see the complexion of the regular season, and that's going to inform what your expectations are once we get to the playoffs. Yeah, there are teams on both ends of that spectrum, as you just outlined, CeCe, like the Kansas City Chiefs. Obviously, what happens during the regular season does not apply to them because they had a different gear when it came to the playoffs. When Joe Burrow was healthy, I put the Cincinnati Bengals in that same category. We've seen them get off to slow starts in the regular season or him be injured, and he finds a way. But the Dallas Cowboys, their regular season doesn't matter 
because I expect them to get into the playoffs and have a short finish like they have had year after year after year. So theirs is on the negative end of the spectrum. While I think the Chiefs and a team like the Bengals are on the positive end of the spectrum, but the Lions are an interesting case study. And I'm going to put the Buffalo Bills in there as well, because I think what the Bills did in the regular season mattered to me, the way that they were able to finish the season and the momentum that they had to end the season really informed at least what I expected from them in the playoffs. Now they came up short, obviously, but to me, I still think the Lions Lions, the Bills, there are some teams where I think the regular season does matter because it informs what we expect from them in the playoffs. Guys, I think we may be speaking in sports-coded language. You know how we, when we say, we've discovered on our show, when we say talented, it just means you're not accomplished enough, right? <laughs> like, oh, so-and-so is so talented. That means they haven't won, right? That's what, that's the sports-coded language of this. Mm. I wonder if we say about a team, any sport, you know, this year's regular season really matters, if that's coded language for they're not contenders. Think about this. I think the two teams that I would look at going into next year's NFL season where the regular season matters more, one in each conference, and any other team would be the Green Bay Packers and Houston Texans. I'm not sure that either one of them can win a Super Bowl next year, right? The Chiefs can win a Super Bowl. The Ravens can win a Super Bowl. Uh, I don't know that, theoretically, the Niners could win the Super Bowl. I wonder if we're saying, CeCe just said about um, the, the Thunder and the Timberwolves, how much this regular season matters. I totally agree with you. Totally agree with you. You said Clippers doesn't matter because we know what Kawhi can do when he's healthy in the postseason, and that's all that matters. Totally mm-hmm. agree with you there. Is there a sports-coded language of if you're saying the regular season matters for a team, you're actually saying they're not contenders? Well, I mean, I, I have the Detroit Lions as my, my top contender uh, in the NFC going into 2024. I, I absolutely believe they can win a Super Bowl. I absolutely believe that. But I still want to see how they react to being the hunters and not the hunted. Remember, they didn't make the playoffs um, in 2022. Even though they had a winning record, they didn't make the postseason. They went from that to being in the conference championship game, winning the division. Uh, How are you going to react when you have a first-place schedule, all of those things? Like, I want to see that. um, But I still trust what this team is going to be. They'll be in the playoffs. So I I think that might be too strong to say that it's definitive. When it comes to you know saying your regular season matters eliminates you from contention, or saying that you're not capable of winning a title, I think that might be a little bit too strong. But there certainly is a trend when it comes to winning a championship. Everybody thinks they have an opportunity, but really there are only a handful of teams that can actually get it done. And I think we all know who those teams are going into those seasons. Yeah, and I think that. Like, okay, let's just use the NBA for a second. How many contenders do we think that are in the NBA right now for a title? Boston, obviously. Yeah. Do we think Milwaukee is a contender? Do we think Cleveland's a contender? No, no. Okay. The Knicks? No. Philly, you're going to say no, rightfully so, without Embiid. Indiana? No. There's nobody. Nobody else in the Eastern Conference. Okay, so in your mind, just Boston. Okay. Just Boston. Does the regular season matter for Boston this year? No. Okay. In the West, is Minnesota a title contender? Yes. Oklahoma City? Yes. Clippers? Yes. Denver? Yes. Phoenix? Check check back with me in a month or two. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's just stop there for a second. Minnesota and Oklahoma City, regular season matters. Yeah. Clippers and Nuggets, clearly not. No. Right? Like, you don't care if the Nuggets are the six seed, four seed, three no. seed. It doesn't, no. Matter. doesn't matter. No, it right? doesn't matter. Right. So I think there is an interesting theme. Like, the Kansas City Chiefs have put things into perspective here of when you're really good and we consider you a contender, 
we don't actually care what you do in the regular season. We talk about it, but we really don't care. It doesn't impact our opinion as to what you're going to do in the postseason, as to what you do in the regular season, right? I mean, that's kind of what we're saying, is it not? No, it, it is. And, and and here's the crazy thing. We, we – we, we kind of gloss over things. We think that talent is the end-all, be-all, but chemistry actually matters, and, and you would think that you would develop that in the regular season, but when you have a more veteran-laden team, regardless of the sport, you're trusting that those guys will figure out how to play with one another and forge an identity, a style of play that will allow them to have success once they get into the playoffs. See, that's the thing that you want to see from those teams that we don't have a a huge sample size of or teams that we're not used to seeing in the postseason. It's can you develop that identity in the second half of the regular season on into the playoffs that will allow you to have success. That's why you want to see what happens with the Timberwolves. That's why you want to see what happens with the Oklahoma City Thunder down the stretch. With teams like Denver, with teams like the Clippers, like with t- even the Lakers, like we, we don't worry about it because we've seen it already. There's proof of concept. In the NFL, we don't worry about it with the Kansas City Chiefs. There's proof of concept. We've seen it. You know what I mean? Like, But when it comes to these other teams, like in the NFL, the Detroit Lions, you know, when it comes to other teams like the Green Bay Packers, like we, we, we Miami Dolphins, Buffalo Bills, we want to see whether or not they can come up with that identity that's going to allow them to have success and win a championship. So I think that's that's a part of why we discount the regular season for some and weight it heavily for others. I think it's having that trust factor that they can play a style of ball that will allow them to win a title. I was trying to think about this in baseball terms, and if I think this thought or this question applies to baseball, and the team I kept coming back to was the Dodgers because the Dodgers have had a lot of regular season success, but outside of the 2020 truncated season, haven't been able to capture the World Series in the way that we all expected Mm -hmm. them to. So I guess for baseball, to me, the regular season doesn't really matter, but the way you finish the regular season matters. Like that, that end of August, September window means a lot to me. The momentum that you have going into the playoffs matters to me. And we see a lot of these wildcard teams get on a heater, punch their ticket, and go on to win and go on to make a lot of noise. So I think that the reg- the totality of the regular season might not matter in baseball, but that end window really does. I, I and you know what, Smalls, you're bringing up a great point because – Across all sports, once you get to the playoffs, the game changes. Yeah. It changes dramatically. Like in baseball, you got, you, you know what I'm saying, you got those long series in basketball, you got the series in, in football, the speed of the game just gets so much faster, the intensity. Overtime uh, rules change. Yeah, the over, well, yeah Kyle Shanahan and <laughs> the four guys found that for out. For some. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, it just it, it changes dramatically. And that's the thing. Like, can you adjust – to those changes, and do you have the talent, do you have the, the, the sports character that allow you to play, you know, uh, above what the rest of the field is in those moments? Like, that, those are the things that we want to see, and that's why when we have teams that, that we discount the regular season with, we've already seen those teams in those moments have success. So I think that's what it comes down to. It's just about being able to actually win the title. I'm going to dig in with two feet on this one because I really do believe we're speaking in coded language. I'm going to use it this way because, CC, I believe if the Detroit Lions next year don't win the NFC North and they win 11 games and you still feel great about them, you're not going to be you're not going to hesitate picking them to go to the Super Bowl just because they're a wild card. 
Like, I just, I, I just don't buy that you're going to hesitate because if you think they're good, I know how you are. You're going to see things that the rest of us don't see that, that are, the regular season doesn't matter because you were going to project out in the postseason this team is going to kick butt, and I think this is what they can do. And that's why I'm going to continue to come back to If we're going to say about a team that their regular season matters, I think it's coded language for they're not contenders. I really do believe that. And we'll, I guess we're going to see a play out in the NBA with the two teams we just mentioned and the Timberwolves and the Thunder. We'll see a play out next year with some of the teams that we've discussed in terms of regular season stuff. Did you want to chime in quickly on the Lions part of it, CeCe, or are you good? No, I'm good. I'm okay. good. I'm good. All right. I'm yeah, because yeah. I just I believe that you see things that the rest of us don't see, and the record in the regular season will not matter in your projections out for what they could do in the postseason. All right, coming up, Dan Graziano will join us, ESPN NFL Insider, the latest around the league with Graz next. It's on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. When Gronk speaks, you better listen on (laughs) Belichick. We are Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Dan Graziano is here, ESPN NFL reporter. Patriots Dynasty documentary is out. Just came out today. Obviously, people haven't seen it all, but... Is there anything that you think that could happen in this documentary that would change retroactively how you feel about their dynasty? No. No, I don't think so. I mean, I just think you got to respect it. Like, to me, the major accomplishment is, you know, Belichick defeating the salary cap for 20 years, right? Like, the entire system is set up to prevent what the Patriots did. And, and their accomplishment of it needs to be appreciated for that reason. Like, you have teams constantly trying to figure out their cap, constantly trying to figure out how to keep their rosters together how to maintain contender over even a four or five year period. And they did it for 20. Like, no, it's yeah. I don't, I don't know. I mean, maybe I guess I, I, does it address why Malcolm Butler didn't play in the Super Bowl? That's the, that's the one that we've been talking about. Like I would love to know that. Uh, but yeah, I'm sure there are little details, but, but yeah, big picture. No. Gras, speaking of teams that are trying to figure it out, the Chicago Bears on with two top ten picks are trying to figure things out. They got rid of a couple of veterans yesterday, cleared some salary cap space, but everybody wants to know what's going to happen with the number one overall pick and what's going to happen with quarterback Justin Fields. Now, we've heard rumblings of how Mike Tomlin loves Justin Fields. The Atlanta Falcons' new offensive coordinator, Zach Robinson, said all options are on the table mm-hmm. when it comes to the quarterback when does the Justin Fields saga with the Chicago Bears come to a head? When will we know what their plan is in terms of Justin Fields moving forward? Well, I think we have a, a nice blueprint from last year, right, when they had the one pick and were deciding what to do with it. And it really all came together at and then right after the combine. So the combine is it's a week, a week from Monday. Wow. Um, I know. And, uh, <laughs> and so, yeah, a nice long break. Never ends. Um, 
So I, I think what Ryan Poles will do, and he showed us last year, like very deliberate, assess every single option, look at every single option. He'll probably get to Indy and then have some face-to-face conversations. that will be continuations of conversations he's already had and then hash out what the deal is. But I don't think you're going to see um, clarity on this until – I mean, I, I think the first time you're going to see clarity on this is when we find out that there's a Justin Fields trade in place because – you know, if it gets out that they're set on drafting Caleb, that hurts their leverage in, in Justin Fields' talks. So they're going to keep it close to the vest. They're not going to tip their hand. And I think uh, sometime in the next couple of weeks, it'll sort itself out just based on the timetable last year. I, I mean, it was, I think it was a week, maybe less than a week after the combine when, when the uh, trade with Carolina went down. Graz, you said it would hurt their leverage yeah. if it gets out that they would they're they're interested sure. in taking Caleb Williams or or quarterback in, in in trading Justin Fields. Doesn't everybody in the NFL presume that they're moving on from Justin Fields? Yeah. Like, is there a scenario where you could see them draft a quarterback with you know a top top with the top pick and keep Justin Fields going into twenty twenty four? No, I don't think they would do that. But I think see if your polls you're 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 exploring several parallel tracks like. What could we get for Fields? What could we get for the pick? Right, like that. And if the answer to that second question is something you know ludicrous, then you have to consider it. Right, you have to consider keeping Fields uh, and trading that pick. I don't know that that's the way it's going to go, but I think you know again, very deliberate, very process oriented general manager. And I think you know until such time as something is set, you want to in your in your trade negotiations with teams, you want to be able to, to plausibly say. Well, we could keep him. Like, like mm. if we can't get this for him, we can get a lot more for the pick, and we like him enough, you know. So I, I think I think that stays out there until such time as everything's finalized. Dan, there's still some residue from the Super Bowl, namely that Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers announced that they fired their defensive coordinator Steve yeah. Wilkes after just one season. Um, what do you think about that move? Not a fit in San Francisco, or a little bit of a scapegoat? I think it was a not a fit issue, honestly. And, and I'm not like if I felt it was a scapegoating job, I, I, I'm not like carrying water for the Niners. Like I, I felt like during the season, there was a lot of rumblings about Steve Wilkes. And I remember like during they had the three game losing streak. They came off the bye. They moved him down to the sideline from the box. And he wasn't too thrilled about that. So it seemed like they didn't see eye to eye on a lot of things. Uh, it's a tough move to make. It, it's not a guy anybody you know particularly hates or anything like that. But I think Kyle looked at it and said, look, we could bring him back, but we don't think he's he's doing what we want him to do. And we're going to try and win next year's Super Bowl. So, like, to, to bring him back when we know he's not the right fit, like, I don't know. It, it's a tough move to have to make. It makes Kyle look very bad. Uh, he was subjected to a lot of criticism over it, and I understand why. Uh, but, you know, sometimes these decisions are tough for, for people at the, at the, in the top decision-making spots. We're on Sportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance. Dan Graziano is here, ESPN NFL insider. Geno Smith's contract per Adam Schefter picked up yesterday, $12.7 million going into next year with Seattle as their quarterback. It means what? That he's going to start? That they could trade him? He's going to back up? What does it mean? It could mean any of those things. So here's the deal on Geno Smith. His compensation for this year is scheduled to be $22.3 million. Of that, twelve point seven million is salary that became it becomes officially guaranteed if he's on the roster today, like, like four o'clock Eastern today. So that the news yesterday was that they told him he would be. So then the next thing is a nine point six million dollar roster bonus that pays on the fifth day of the league year, so March seventeenth. So that that would get him to twenty two point three. Now picking up or guaranteeing the twelve point seven does not prevent them from if they want to trading him or, or even cutting him or using him as a backup. 
But once that $9.6 million roster bonus pays, then all of a sudden it goes. So, so it, between now, over the next month, you'll probably still hear at least some rumblings about it. Now, I got to say this internally, I, I, talking to people there, I have not gotten the sense that they're, they're interested in moving off of Geno Smith. They did look at quarterbacks in last year's draft when they were picking fifth. So they, there is a sense around there that maybe he is a bridge guy for them, or at least they're holding out that possibility. And the contract he got reflects that. So I think they just built themselves some flexibility. And if a situation presents itself where they feel like they can upgrade, which the guy's 11th in QBR over the last two seasons, like it won't be easy to upgrade. But if they feel like they can, or if they find somebody who's a better longer-term bet, then I think they've left themselves some, some off-ramps. Graz, things are going to be happening fast and furious at the combine. We know that's where the negotiations start for players when it comes to free agency and contract extensions. And, of course, there will be all eyes on the Dallas Cowboys with what they've got to do this offseason. Dak Prescott's contract dealing with the $59.5 million cap hit going into the last year of his contract. CeeDee Lamb wanting a new deal. Micah Parsons wanting a new deal. How does that all work itself out? And what's the ultimate order of operations? Well, I think if they can't get an extension done with Dak by the start of the league year, which is March 13th, um, they're going to have to do a conversion of, of, of salary to signing bonus. And they can do that without his permission and save as much as about like $18 million on the cap. And they can do a C.D. Lamb extension and save another, top of my head, what, $16, 17000000 million. So, so there you've got yourself off to a nice start in, ter- in terms of cap savings on, on just restructures and extensions. Now, Micah Parsons' extension would, would not save them cap space just because of where he is in his rookie contract. So I think the order of operations is find out if there's a deal to be done with Dak. If not, do the conversion, right, and, and kick the can down the road uh, and, and work on getting the C.D. Lamb extension done before Justin Jefferson's extension gets done in Minnesota because that's only going to raise the price, right? Mm-hmm. So I, 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 last year's wide receiver market did not take off the way it had the year before. Jefferson's still looking for a deal. Lamb's still looking for a deal. You know, Michael Pittman said to be a free agent. T. Higgins, Brandon Ayuk's extension eligible. There are a lot of receivers out there looking for contracts. I think if you're the Cowboys, it'd be smart to get ahead of it. You were a machine today. The what amount of it, the amount of yeah. information that you this just is spe- what it is, man. I know you were unbelievable. <laughs> this, I'm just saying <laughs> you had awesome. every number off the. I'm looking at you. You have nothing in front of you. You have every number this is off all the top I'm of your head. I'm doing right all now. All like, I got heart sunglasses. My, I, I'm I got, sorry that I'm impressed. I got, by you. I got one kid in college. One's a senior in high school, so we never see him. I got nothing to do but work. <laughs> and he's got heart sunglasses on. You can watch Cross on Get Up at 8 a.m. Eastern on ESPN. We're on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. <laughs> Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. 
Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is the Unsportsmanlike Podcast on ESPN Radio. Tim Legler is here, ESPN NBA analyst. All right, before we get into basketball and your Washington Commanders, I have to bring something up. I saw you last week in Bristol, Connecticut. We had a great conversation. You were having dinner. I never sat down. I stood uh, over you at you dinner. Did. I've been thinking about this you for did. a while. Did I make the wrong move? Should you didn't, I? but I, it's I'm so funny you said that. I, I, and it never crossed my mind. That was 100% my fault. Oh, really? You asked me like one question, and I talked for eight minutes. And I don't usually do that, but I don't remember what exactly the topic was, but I went on and on. and So you didn't really have a cha- choice. You could at that point, I guess, pull the chair up and sat down across from me, you know, like we were on a date or something. <laughs> but you were, I think, waiting for me to finish so you could let me start eating my meal, but I just didn't stop talking. So that's my fault. Oh, wow. I've, in an wow. awkward situation, okay. I've never been given an out. Yeah, no, no, that was my fault. That was my fault. Well, then should you have invited me to sit down? Absolutely not. I was trying okay. to get to my meal. I mean, my You're hovering over me. I'm trying to eat my dinner. I'm being polite to you right now. I'm being polite. Oh, well done, Legs. I'm glad we cleared that up. <laughs> well, Legs, we have to ask you about the biggest story, not only in basketball today, but in sports, and that is Caitlin Clark. Yeah. She breaks the NCAA women's basketball sto- scoring record last night, 3,569 career points. She had 49 of them last night. What do you make of what Caitlin Clark is doing right now? Uh, I mean, it's, it's hard to even put into words, like, how dominant she is in the sport. And I, I've, I've been thinking about this. For me personally, she's probably top five most entertaining basketball player I've ever watched. NBA included. Wow. And, and, you know, I've got and I've got some, you know, some that are just like iconic to me that changed the course of my life. Larry Bird being probably at the top of that list. I put Caitlin Clark in that category with a Steph Curry for me, a Caitlin Clark. I could watch her play every single night. Why? What what about her is so entertaining? Well, just first of all, the the, the skill set that she has, the combination of the shooting and, and, and the passing, the range. I mean, look, look at where she pulled that shot from. It's just it's insane to think about pulling a shot like that off a live dribble out of the backcourt from that distance. Um, I also love her toughness. She's a target. She's a target every single night. She's a target of opposing defenses. She's a target of opposing game plans. Um, People try to get physical with her, and and she's unflappable. She's unfazed by it all. She seems like, and I'm not around that team, but it seems like she's beloved by her teammates, Mm -hmm. which – when you have a player that you know is a high volume shooter, high volume scorer to that extent, you know dominates all of the attention with that team. Obviously, that they get justifiably so. Sometimes that can create rifts and jealousies. And look, maybe they exist, and maybe there's players on the team, and they and they hide. I don't know, right. but it doesn't seem that way. She seems beloved um, because of her approach to it all. And I just, I'm, she's just so fun and entertaining, and I love her spirit and her toughness and her competitiveness. Yeah, you know, she's the whole she's the whole so, package. So quickly, Cece, before you go, I just want to follow up on one thing here with legs. So you said Steph Curry and Larry Bird; those are the only two definitively that you just put over her in terms of entertainment factor. Michael like, Jordan the- would be there too, because for me, for me, Michael Jordan was, and I, you know, it's weird because I played in the nineties. You know, mm-hmm. Jordan was in the league. He, he won six championships. But you watched him a lot. Yeah, while sure. You're but but if you, yeah, <laughs> well, playing against him, and then like, you know, if you if you're home on an off night, you're watching. You're yeah. watching the Bulls, right? I mean, because you just everything stopped when Jordan was playing. That's like everybody felt that way. Um, and I have always repeatedly said, for me, the closest thing to that level of must-see TV, if he's playing, you have to watch, is Curry. Mm. That's the closest thing for me personally. Look, this is subjective, and right. people can debate it and argue. That's fine. 
But I'd put those three guys, Curry, Bird, and Jordan, definitively. I'd put Caitlin Clark in there for me, and then there'd be there'd be a fifth. We could debate that. I probably got a wow. long list of trying to get to that fifth guy. Hakeem would be probably in that category. Kevin Durant would probably be in that category, you know, at his peak. So there's a number of guys, but I think those four, I'm cool with that. But she's written in Sharpie. Oh yeah, yeah, she's definitely she's in there. I can wow. I can I can watch it every single night. Last night, in fact, I'm taking the train up here um, from Philly, and I it was on Peacock, and I got my iPad out on the train. I'm watching that game because I was I wasn't gonna miss miss it. That's awesome. Legs. The part of this that isn't subjective. What Clayton Clark is doing is the numbers. She's 99 points from passing Pistol Pete for the all-time leading scorer in college basketball, men's or women's. What would that mean for Caitlin Clark, and what does that mean for women's basketball at the collegiate level? Well, you know, unlike some of the things that Cheryl Swoop said about her regarding Kelsey Plum, which were just completely inaccurate and has been, you know, taken apart as it should have been when she starts talking about all these extra games she played. And now, actually, she did it in, what, 10, 12 fewer games than Kelsey Plum. Um, um, She started calling her a fifth-year senior, and that's not actually true either. And she wanted to come back and put a record up there that'll stand for you know two centuries she could um but here's 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 the thing about the pistol pete comparison that's when it starts to get a little tricky for me because the guy played three you know three years he played three years um didn't have a three-point line you know so and was a pass first point guard yeah and and you know you know the stuff that he was doing was so ahead of his time. It was revolutionary, and nobody had ever seen anything like it. But the numbers, you do have to put it into context in the time period it took you to do it. So I, I do think that's a difficult one. Look, listen, the bottom line is this. It, it is what it is. If she breaks the record, if she's the all-time you know, leading scorer in college basketball history, men or women – that's that's she's going to be deservedly, you know, get that title. But it is not comparing apples to apples when you do it to Pistol Pete. It's just not the same thing because three years, no three point line is a massive difference. We're talking with Tim Legler, ESPN NBA analyst here on Unsportsmanlike presented by Progressive Insurance. One year from right now, do you expect Doc Rivers, Giannis and Dame to all be employed by the Bucks? Wow, I'll tell you what. If you know, you're asking me after last night. Well, yes, okay, I am. so that is absolutely <laughs> they lost to the Grizzlies and last it's, night, and in a it's just a brutal fashion. And the, they, they, the look and the body language that I was seeing last night, not healthy. Not healthy in that group. Now, look, I'm not laying it all at Doc Rivers' feet. He just got there. It's hard as a player to come in midseason in a trade and have an impact. It's just difficult. It's weird. It's awkward. There's relationships in there you haven't even formed yet, right? And you're trying to figure out a way to play but defer at the same time. Every, nothing's instinctive. It takes a while. It's even harder for a coach. You come in, everything's been in place since September, what you guys are doing, and I'm just going to come in on the fly midseason with very little practice time and change what exactly. For me, the biggest thing was maybe he's a little bit more able to make them accountable, like his voice, right, and what he's saying to them in a certain way with a certain tone, more respected maybe than what Adrian Griffin was getting. That would be the initial thing. But then it's schematically and rotation-wise – that takes time to sort all that out. So I'm not I'm not laying this at Doc Rivers' feet the way they've played since he got there. Um, they're a mess right now. They're a mess, and they're extremely vulnerable. And to answer your question, I honestly can't. I don't know. I, I mean, I can't imagine Doc Rivers won't be there. You know, do you do you do you fire a guy midseason, bring in Doc Rivers, and then just keep him for half a season? And then I was thinking the other way, going a different. Could he sit there and say, "Why am I doing this?" Uh, I don't think he would do that. I don't. I don't think he would have taken the job unless he had more than a long term view of that. Maybe in his mind, it's not win or bust this year. 
They're, they're a team that put those two guys together. Every year you don't win it, it's a failed year. I don't care what anybody mm. says. If you have those two players on your roster, every year you don't win a title, it's a failure. Wow. And Doc might not think that. Giannis is going to think that yeah. for sure. Damian Lillard, I don't know. He's probably somewhere in the middle with that because he had years of that in Portland where they didn't win and he probably didn't feel that way. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Speaking of failure, your football team is very familiar with that. <laughs> man, did I, did I set you up for that segue? <laughs> right. Did I set oh you up for that segue? Cece just oh, hammered you. He was oh, like, you see him? He was like a panther. Like, <laughs> right, right. pounce on that. As soon as he heard the word failure, and he's, he's like, oh, commanders. I got the next question. Yeah. Here we go. Oh, my gosh. Legs, y'all got the second overall pick. Offensive coordinator Cliff Kingsbury was ducking questions about Caleb Williams, obviously, with the relationship that those two have. The Commanders have the number two overall pick. They're going to get a top quarterback. Do you think that they should make a play to trade up to the number one overall pick to try to get Caleb Williams? Man, listen, for me, no. Um, And it's because the mixed bag um, of analysis that I've gotten from all the NFL people that I trust so much, like I I watch it, as you all know, it's my passion. I love it. I'm I'm addicted to my squad. Um, But – I certainly don't know as much as you guys know, and, and I, I rely on that. And the, the opinions I've gotten from the people that really do this every day for a living is so mixed. I don't think it should be that mixed for a number one overall pick. Mm. That's what's scary to me when I when I also have – you also have Brett May sitting there, and I'm going, you ask about that? I really feel like the reaction is more consistently positive about Brett May than it is about Caleb Williams. So I'm kind of mm. nervous about that, to be honest with you. Yeah, um, they've given you plenty of reason to be nervous. So yeah. It's not just you. Good, it's a commander. Good. Thing. Glad, they've yeah, given yeah. you reason to be nervous. Yeah, so, uh, you know, if it, listen, I do know this. If it's up to us, we'll probably get it wrong. I mean, I do know that. <laughs> well, that's what I was going to say. If it's Caleb Williams, Drake May, Jaden Daniels, doesn't matter. Your assumption is they're going to be wrong. Well, here's the thing. Here's, I don't want to say that for this reason. That, typically, that's kind of how I feel. Right. But th- it's a new regime. That's right. And Adam Peters, if he's everything that everybody said he was, I'm trusting him. So if we end up taking Caleb Williams at number one or number two, whatever, I'm going to trust that he's done you know, all the research necessary to think this guy is going to be the franchise quarterback going forward. I'm going to trust Adam Peters. Actually, Smalls had something on uh, one thing here. She wants to destroy me again. Go ahead. Well, it's not a destroying, <laughs> but we started this conversation with Evan asking about a social etiquette situation that yes. you two had. Yes. So every week on the show, we draft ESPN personalities for different scenarios. And Evan drafted you last week as the Super Bowl party that he would want to go to. Yours. <laughs> Were you a good pick for him in that scenario? Uh, you're definitely a good pick. Definitely a <laughs> good pick. 
if it's if, if no, it's, I wasn't invited, but nonetheless, <laughs> if it's my name and party in the same sense, it's going to be a good time. Okay, man. we know we know, we know how to do it. We know how to do it. We know there how to host, go. and we know how to get it done. So yeah, that's I think that was an excellent draft pick. I actually would have stood outside waiting for you to invite me in, like I did at dinner. <laughs> the only problem is if we do host a party, Evan comes. You need to eat your food right away because it gets cold while he stands over you. <laughs> so that's the only thing. You better make sure you get up there, get your food while it's hot. You know what I mean? Get your nachos, your meatballs, whatever, because he will be hovering. We, we learn that. <laughs> Legs will be on Get Up at 8 a.m. Eastern on ESPN. I'm over it next on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. I'm over it uh, with Pat, the producer. The Super Bowl using Roman numerals. Can we just stop? People who complain about traveling on their way home from vacation. Anyone who keeps a spider or a snake or a rat as a pet. How does an Italian restaurant mess up lasagna? Oh, boy. Ugh. Ugh. I'm over it. I'm sick and tired and over it. Get a life. Each and every day at this time, our producer, Pat Costello, gives us items in sports entertainment in the world that he's over. Pat is out today. We hope he feels better. So I will uh, handle some of this, as will one Chris Canty, who's actually going to lead us off today with an I'm over it, CC. So, yeah, I'm over the smoke detectors with the 9-volt batteries. Here's the thing. I got down to my house late last night. For those of you that don't know, I came down to my place in South Carolina to visit my family, and the smoke detectors are beeping all over the place. And I'm trying to figure out, A, which one is it? B, how do I stop the beeping? I can't figure it out. I don't know what's happening. So I get on a stepladder, and I'm checking it out. Oh, it needs new batteries, and the battery is a 9-volt battery. Like I'm searching the house. I can't find a 9-volt battery. Now I got to go out to a drugstore and find one that's open in the Carolinas because everything shuts down at 9 o'clock, seemingly. I found one, which took forever in a day. And at the end of this odyssey, I realized that the 9-volt batteries for a four-pack cost $27. $27 for four batteries. It's an absolute racket. It's 2024. I don't understand why 9-volt batteries is the best option we got for smoke detectors. I don't know why they're not hardwired into the house, just like my lights. I don't know the good reason behind it. I don't know why it has to be a 9-volt battery as opposed to a AA battery. just seems like it would make sense to make it a AA battery because they're so widely accessible. I just don't get it. In 2024, we're still relying on the 9-volt battery for our smoke detectors. $27 for four batteries is crazy. It's a racket. You know, uh, perfectly said, it's been this way for years. Nobody seemingly has figured out a better version of the smoke detector, at least not that we know of. So if there's a great company, your sponsorship here, as Pat says, that has a better version of the fire alarm, smoke alarm company, we're the place. We are the see. You start outfitting CC's house in South Kakalaka, then you come to my house in New York, and <laughs> when Smalls gets her house, and away we go. One day. Well, yeah. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> um, all right. Next one for I am I'm over it. I'm over music shamers. I'm over the people that when you play okay. a song or you mention okay. a band or a singer, they roll their eyes and shame you for liking that band or singer. I'm over that. Can I provide some context? Oh, hi. I didn't Uh-oh. see you over there. Cece's going to have my back on this one. I know it. Mm. So, Cece, you know how in the mornings in the makeup room we listen to music? 
right? It's supposed to wake us up because it's very early in the morning. It's supposed to get us fired up to do the show. It sets the tone for the day. Evan comes in this morning, wants to be on the ones and twos. What is our guy play? Phil Collins. Wait a second. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That wasn't what I was shamed for. Hold on. Hold on. Uh, Phil Collins. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. She didn't. Uh, Cece, that's Cece. Not, that's not the vibe we're going for. No, she did not provide the, the full context. I said, I want to rock some Billy Joel. I've been on a Billy oh, Joel yeah, kick Billy recently. Joel. Because Billy Joel is a new song. I was listening to him on Howard Stern the other day. And I'm like, I want to play some Billy Joel. And I, I got shamed as if you're it's not horrible. Help, you're not helping your case, though, Ed. But I, I shouldn't be shamed. There's a certain vibe that we're going for before the show. Because, listen, it's a morning show. We're in the makeup room at 5.15. Like, we got to get the energy up. We got to have some bounce. Like, I, I don't know if Phil Collins or Billy Joel is the way we need to go in order to accomplish that. So I made, the, I made the obvious turn and started playing Dilated Peoples. <laughs> because, of course, why wow, wouldn't I? Wow, the yeah. randomness. I did not anticipate a Dilated Peoples reference on Friday. But, okay, n- but here's the thing. Why are we shaming other people's music taste? I'm not shaming yes, you But you're order. making I, us listen to it. That's the problem. It's not I didn't shaming play it. You. What, you, what you want to listen to is your business, but just don't make us listen to it. So I That's love the, the Piano Man. I saw him at Madison Square Garden. Nah, you can't One of the best shows I've ever been to. Phil Collins, another story. However, I don't think that the Kansas City Chiefs are like, you know what? We're going out for the Super Bowl. Let's dial up some Phil Collins uh, on the I actually disagree because Ray Lewis in the, in the actually played yeah, Phil yeah, Collins yeah, yeah. going into every game. Yeah, in the air. Horrible tonight, reference it's, it's, for you, it's, Smalls. It's, it's, in, the, in the air tonight is, a, is an NFL player's favorite. Yeah, it's a fan mm, favorite. I don't know. I think we're going rap. Now, by the way, um, I didn't actually play in the air tonight, <laughs> so that it. wasn't the song I played, yeah. but I'm over music shamers. All right, next one. I'm over train prices. Do you know on a one-way train for outside of the city yes, uh, two days ago, $18? Oh, I know. That's What are we doing? One way. I thought public transportation was supposed to be easy and affordable for everyone. <laughs> Nobody's going to continue to take public transportation if it's too much money. What are we well, doing here? Well, they're going to try to make you take it by adding more tolls in Manhattan. <laughs> but it's crazy. So if you drive, you're going to have to pay more. So we're going to push you onto the subway and, or, or trains and charge you 18 bucks for a one-way ticket. Yeah. The subway's well, up to 290 mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a little yeah. bit better. Not, gr- not great. Yeah. Right, but they're not increasing great. the prices. I'm like, where's that going? What's that going towards? I would like to know. Okay. Yeah, I, I, would, I want to know too small. I want to see it. I, what are we doing? What's happening right it, now? It's still a little suspect down there when yeah, I go down yeah. in the subway. I'm like, where are my funds? Where are my extra, you know, what is it, 52 you know what cents they're going or whatever? Going they're going to the new turnstiles that aren't really turnstiles that are supposed to keep people from being able to evade fares and fare dodging, and yet people still... Find a way to fair dodge. Every that's day. What, that's what the money is going toward. Wow. Yeah. I have one more. So remember last week on our show, people can go back on the podcast and listen. I believe this was uh, Friday. You guys were fairly making fun of me that when we got appetizers at our dinner, I kept apologizing for eating. Like, hey, if nobody's going to eat this, I guess I'll eat it kind of thing. A qualifier. Yeah, the qualifier. Yeah. Well, officially, I have learned where I got this from. Went out to dinner with my family last night. My parents. It was my dad's birthday. Happy birthday to my dad. Yesterday, 
He ordered an appetizer. Nobody else wanted the appetizer. And he kept saying, hey, anybody want this? Anybody want this? And he kept eating the appetizer. I didn't realize the food qualifier was a hand-me-down from my dad. It's in your oh, DNA. Happy birthday to Papa Cohen, first and foremost. Yes. Yeah. Se- secondly, did he order the appetizer? Yes. And okay. It, and it was clearly that's, you, that's where you got it from. Yeah. That's where you got it from. Because you were apologizing yeah, for I eating did. the appetizers, <laughs> but you were the one that ordered the appetizers. A thousand so it's percent. It's not as if the waiter came out with his whole spread and said, hey, these are the fan favorites. When people come here, they order these appetizers. No. You specifically ordered the appetizers. You ordered that shrimp bruschetta. You ordered all of those different dishes. That was you. You did that and then apologized for eating the food that you know you wanted. So you weren't, I, no really, you weren't really apologizing. No. You weren't really apologizing. You you just wanted it to be socially acceptable that you could gorge yourself with appetizers and you didn't really give anybody else a chance to get in. Absolutely correct. No arguments for me. <laughs> no arguments. And I actually, you know what's funny? I actually got annoyed with my dad last night. He kept offering. Hey, anybody want? I said, I told you three offers ago. I don't want what you're offering me. And I realized that's exactly what I did to you guys yeah, a week ago. Literally thousand one week percent. earlier. You're, you're father I'm, I'm over you doing that. <laughs> I think I'm done with that. that, though. I think I am done officially with doing that. So there you go. I'm over it here on ESPN Radio. Coming up. One of the most entertaining players ever in her sport. We'll get to that next on Sportsman. Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.